Hey everybody, welcome back to an all new episode of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. This is the show that takes a deep dive into the world of 80s cartoons and all of the glorious insanity therein. My name is Randy, I am your host on this journey, and uh, I am alone this week, uh, but that's okay. we still got a good episode here for you. Uh, before we get into the episode, of course, I gotta let you know that Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast is a production of Geek World Order. Go to Geek World Order for all the latest and greatest geeky content and media. We're on social media. Check us out on Facebook. Look up Geek World Order and Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. And we're also on all of the major podcast providers. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon. If you can find if you can uh, find a podcast host or anyone you'd like, wherever you'd like to listen to your podcasts, we're there. Look us up. Subscribe, leave a rating, and review. Alright folks, and this week, we are secret raiders fighting crime. Uh, We're harnessing the power of mask, mobile armor strike command. But seriously, who's spelling command with a K? It's like, it's the 80s, you know, K's are cool apparently. You know, misspelling is cool. Even though that's more of a 90s thing? Alright, anyway. We are looking at the episode Currency Conspiracy. Uh, so we start off with uh, Matt Tracker and Scott and T-Bob. They've apparently been jet-setting their way through Europe. Uh, Matt is buying important things and, well, Scott has done nothing but buy food the entire trip. And now he's ready to cha- exchange out his currency as they're heading towards us, Switzerland. And Matt and Scott just wants Swiss chocolate. And we see T-Bob. And for some reason, he's wearing lederhosen. I, I don't know. We have a robot wearing lederhosen. I don't get the joke either, folks. But anyway, as he goes to exchange the currency the the man behind the counter is like um what is this the paper is blank that's right the ink has somehow disappeared from the currency and this seems to be a widespread effect as other people in the exchange terminal are noticing that their money has changed and it's just blank paper so Matt Tracker hooks up it into the mass computer. He's like, well, it's saying this is real money, but it's definitely blank. He's like, all right, but who would have an interest in, in damaging money? Really? Really, Matt? Who, who do you think would have an interest in? In messing with money. Oh, I don't know. Oh, no. It wouldn't be your uh, sworn enemy, Venom. Miles Mayhem? Nah. No, he would have no interest in, in impacting the global economy to, you know, to affect him. No. No, he wouldn't have any interest in that at all. And for some reason, we have T-Bob being attacked by a goat. Once again, I have no clue what's going on here. He's just randomly attacked by a goat for no reason. 
Um, so yeah. Um, so we learn that uh, after doing some digging while T-Bob is being attacked by the goat, we learn of uh, one Baron Fritz von Hauser, who apparently has some uh, issues with the uh, with the German government. I don't know, so this guy's already sounding pretty sus. So, of course, Matt Stryker has to uh, assemble a team of mask agents. And, well, there's really not anything that's... No, seriously, like, they just kind of, like, go through the process and just kind of say some names. Uh, we get the drivers of Rhino, Night Stalker, and Gator... Um, so yeah, that's really, like, they don't even do a cool sequence where they're, like, abandoning their jobs and their lives. We don't even get that this week. That is sad. Uh, so they're at the, uh, Mass Command Center, and, well, we seem to learn a few things here. Um, so the German Deutschmarks seem to be unaffected by this. Um, German cities and everywhere else around Europe, it seems that their money is being affected by this rage thing. So, we get some bad puns here, like, yo, they get some yens and pounds and, uh, nothing making sense. Like, these are some awful, awful money puns, man. Like, these are seriously terrible. But our uh, mask agents get into their vehicles, and somehow they manage to get from the U.S. to Switzerland. Uh, I I don't know. There's nothing mentioned here. Um, as far as I know, the vehicles that were assembled here don't have flight capabilities like uh, Matt Tracker's Camaro. You know, like, Rhino is a semi-truck um night stalkers like a 57 chevy and gators a jeep that spits a boat out the front end so yeah none of these have anything capable of uh you know transcontinental flight here so and nothing's explained so we don't know how long this takes we just assume this is like five minutes later apparently yeah, so nothing. They just randomly meet up in uh, Switzerland. So, and of course, as one of our main tropes of the Mask series is, Scott gets himself in trouble by being where he shouldn't be at all times. So we get a nice little scene of Matt talking to Scott. Like, son, you know, I'm going to need you to stay in town, not get yourself in trouble. And he's like, Sure, Dad. No problem here. We'll stay in town. Wink, wink. Right, T-Bob? Wink, wink. And T-Bob's like, uh, uh, sure, uh, sure, sure, we'll, we'll stay in town. Um, um, um. Yeah, that's... Let me tell you, folks. Scott and his big damn lies. Big damn lies, all of them. So, our mask men and leave and... You know, to look for Venom and the Baron von, uh, Baron Fritz von Hauser here. And Scott's like, well, time to go explore. Because, uh, well, he still wants chocolate. Uh, so we cut off. And all of a sudden, 
we see Miles Mayhem. He's speaking to someone. And there's smoke in the room. A little weird. And we pan, we pan, and we see Baron Fritz von Hauser. And he's smoking a cigar. So obviously you can tell he's the bad guy because he's smoking. But also, wow, he's smoking. I didn't realize they could, uh... Yeah. I didn't realize they could do that in 80s cartoons here. I didn't realize they could actually do that in any made-for-kids TV show since, like, the Flintstones. I mean, like, remember back in, like... Oh, what is it, like, this... When when did the Flintstones first air? Like, 60s, 70s? Like, they were making cartoons for, like, Marlboro cigarettes with them. And, yeah, no, like, really, just... It's odd, even, like, at this point, to see an 80s... Like, a cartoon character in the 80s smoking. Like, oh, no, that... That wouldn't fly today. Like, I don't even think bad guys can smoke in cartoons today. Um... So yeah, basically he's kind of going off on his plans. And basically, and pretty much uh, Baron Fritz von Hauser here is um, motivated by revenge against the Germans who have apparently done something to him that he was not proud of or not happy with. So we'll figure that later. Um, You know, we see a couple of the Venom agents, um, we see the one lady and then the one guy with like the weird black mask who drives like that SUV thing. So yeah, we see them. But what is up with the and like I said, all these episodes of mask I have seen. I'm not sure I've heard a name given for either of these two, so yeah. Fun. Um, so yeah, we get a bit of a, a short chase here goes nowhere and we cut to scott who is sitting there repairing t-bob's knee and you can tell it's a hack job like it looks like like even it's, it's even animated to be like yeah this is not good so they continue their trouble but then masks are mask arrives on the scene where the baron is um they see, it's like, oh no, Mask is here. Run. And he's like, all right, I'll meet you at the scheduled location. Ha ha ha. So we get a uh, chase scene here. Miles Mayhem gets into his vehicle and turns it into its helicopter mode. And then we get, like, uh, I believe it's Bruce Sato. He lassos the helicopter. It's like he's actually climbing up the rope to try to stop Miles Mayhem here. But he gets shot down. But in the uh, confusion here, uh, because the enemy agents do come in, that, like I said, that black SUV thing that the one guy drives, he's up there. He's got like a, a shooting platform. And so he shoots the rope that's holding Sato. But he also knocks a canister off of Mayhem's vehicle. More on that one later. So, uh, we get uh, Gator. Uh, he 
shoves out the... Uh... So he's going in. He's trying to catch Sato. And all of a sudden, uh, he's run off the road. So it becomes... So basically, Gator becomes a bobsled. So now they have to divert their attention towards saving Dusty. The driver of Gator. Who, of course, is now barreling out of control. And what do we do when our uh, intrepid heroes are barreling out of control and an I heading towards their icy demise? We go to a commercial. That's right, folks. So uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Dad, which side this crisp exhales the crispiest, the rice or the corn? The corn, son. How do you know, Dad? Because we're from Iowa, son. I think the rice side is the crispiest. Hogwash. But Crispex is supposed to be good and crispy on both sides. Both sides are real crispy. Tasty, too. But around here, everybody knows which side's the crispiest. The rice, definitely. The rice. Kellogg's Crispix is crispy times two. At American Airlines, we hold the light of freedom sacred. That's why we're raising money to restore the greatest symbol of that light, the Statue of Liberty. And you can help, too. Every time you fly American, we'll make a donation on your behalf. It's all part of a $5 million commitment to make her 100th birthday something special. American Airlines, helping to keep the American spirit alive. From the Greek islands come the mysteries of oregano. From sun-baked California, the aroma of garlic. From the jungles of Indonesia, the power of black pepper. From southern France, the essence of sweet basil. Exotic natural spices, all secretly blended into a zesty tomato sauce. Now you know one of the reasons why Stouffer's lasagna is as good as can be. You know, when we put five-year, 50,000-mile powertrain protection on every Chrysler-built car, we invited GM, Ford, and everybody else to do the same. Instead, they put better powertrain protection on their expensive Lincolns and Cadillacs than on their Fords and Chevys. Now, that's not right, since it's a little guy who made them so big. Well, we have another invitation. We're putting the same 550 protection on every Dodge truck we build, and we invite the industry to follow us to put five-year, 50,000-mile protection on a truck. They owe it to America. No matter whether you buy a Chrysler-built car or truck, pay six or 16,000, buy a Plymouth Dodge or Chrysler, you get 550 protection. The name is Plymouth, the quality is Chrysler. The name is Dodge, the quality is Chrysler. So is the protection. We have one and only one ambition for Chrysler, to be the best. What else is there? An NBC World Movie Premiere. Loretta Swift, Valerie Harper, Barbara Berry, Jessica Walter, Sandy Dennis, and Rip Torn star in the execution Monday. <sighs> Nasty out there. Someday to run. Suit looks good. You still nervous about tomorrow? Well, it is my first 10K run. I just hope I can do it. Of course you can. You worked hard, ate right. Here, eat your camels. It's good for you. Campbell's Chicken Noodle Soup. It's nice when something that tastes so good can make you feel so good. I'm surprised you're worried about finishing. Finishing? I'm worried about winning. Campbell's Soup is good food. All right, and we are back. 
Uh, so as we left for commercial, uh, Dusty and Gator were spiraling down the uh, path carved in this ice. Uh, so another of the mask agents jumps right on top of that Jeep and activates his mask power, uh, which I forget. Some It's not featured too often here, but the masks actually do have um, other functions beyond helping them pilot their vehicles. And this one activates his mask power of Penetrator. Just going to let that name uh, sink right in there. But yeah, so um, he activates his power. And uh, apparently Mayhem has like this giant roadblock set up at the end of this ice. They're like, oh, he's just going to crash into it. But no, apparently that's the power of Penetrator. It it basically made it so that they phased out and act, so they just go right through the roadblock. And they barely managed to stop right before running into a big old ice wall. Uh, so our mask heroes uh, regroup and they're kind of going over the, ba- the wreckage as Venom has made their way towards their next rounds. And they see the canister. And like, hmm, so what was in this canister? So they take some tools and they scan it. And they learn that it's a combination of hydrogen peroxide and some kind of viral agent. So, Matt Tracker here. He's kind of like, I wonder if this has to do with anything with the, um, with what we experienced earlier with the money. So he's like, all right, who's got some money here? And Bruce is like, um, here, I got something. So Matt sprays it with the uh, chemical mixture here. And it's like, aha, my theory was right. And yes, folks, the canister and its hydrogen peroxide viral combo, um, yes, eats the money, eats the ink off of money. And Bruce is now sad. He's like, wow, well, your theory was correct. But now I'm out 20 bucks. Bruce, you're literally talking to like one of the richest men on the planet in your boss, Matt Tracker. Because, bro, what does Matt Tracker do that he's got like this Batman type, you know, this Batman, this Bruce Wayne, Tony Stark kind of money inventory just straight up money coming in that he can fund like this entire mechanical like G.I. Joe unit on steroids. I wouldn't know where that money's coming from, but Bruce, Bruce, I'm pretty sure Matt's got you covered. He, I'm pretty sure he can repay you like more than 20 bucks. He can probably slip you like a couple grand and be like, nah, it's good. This was like this is just like today's interest off of some random account I have. Uh, so we cut to Matt, or no, we cut to Scott and T-Bob. Or, uh, so he's testing out his his repaired knee. Seems to be going good. Or as he's, he's making some nice graceful moves, pops his foot out of a boot, you know, skis around the tree. So at this point, should we call him Ski-Bob instead of T-Bob? 
Well, okay. Well, he was doing good. He was really doing good until he apparently couldn't stop and just skis right off a cliff. Oh, but they happened to land right into a truck. Oh, no, it's Venom. It's Venom. So, yeah, we basically learned that, um, oh, so basically Venom and this guy are basically, oh, do I even want to say this? Basically making, like, the world's largest money, a literal money laundering scheme. Uh, so basically we learned that the Baron here was basically exiled for embezzling money from the public. Um, so yeah, so we kind of learn about the setup as, uh, you know, the truck pulls up and so what, uh, Scott and T-Bob land on was a pile of hoses and other equipment that they're going to use to spread the, the viral agent. It's set up through a mountain pass and, uh, Venom has pretty much got the last of the equipment they need to finish up. And they'll be ready to make a test run very, very shortly. Now, one thing I noticed after, um, as Matt or Scott, Scott and T Bob are getting out of the truck after the uh, agents leave and come in, it the way it's drawn, like it looks like T Bob is bleeding from the knee. I mean, maybe he's got like some kind of like robotic. I don't know, oil or fluid or something. That's kind of like his blood. But yeah, it looks like he, like that landing really messed up T-Bob. It actually looked like he was bleeding through that bandage on his knee. So Scott realizes how, how boned they are. Because once again, once again, Scott has somehow landed right in the middle of Venom's plans. Yeah. This is his, this is like the one thing Scott is really good at, is just inadvertently finding Venom locations. So, he realizes they've got a radio mask and tell them what's going on. Um, so, they manage to run away. And then shortly after that, our uh, female sees mask approaching. So, she tries out for battle stations. So, we get our, uh, our vehicle fight. So this is pretty cool. You know, our vehicles kind of fight each other. You know, we got a big old, big rig and rhino barreling through snow. Uh, Night Stalker has transformed and it's got basically like a 57 Chevy with tank treads. Very cool, very cool. <sighs> so we get some interesting turnabout here. As a so Miles Mayhem pretty much turns on the Baron, uh, trips the guy, makes him eat it right on his face, and he basically takes the cash and runs. So it's like, yeah, no, we, it's like, yeah, we really didn't care if this plan worked at all, because Mayhem just wanted his money, so he's gone. Uh, but yeah. So at this point. Uh, they use Rhino to fire off some missiles. Um, uh, shortly after he gets up, uh, Baron 
what's his face, Von Hauser, basically decides he's just going to fire it up and test be darned. So yeah, he sets off the virus. So as the virus is heading towards the city, well, we've got to come up with a plan. So in comes Rhino. Um, so they activate the launcher on it, and they fire a missile up into the clouds. And it starts storming. And it starts snowing. And another of the mask agents use his power, which is basically a giant blinding light called uh, Ultra Flash. So he literally blinds Mayhem and ends up, uh, who ends up crashing his chopper. You know, the uh, portfolio, the briefcase with the money comes out, and Scott finds it, and, well, what do you know? It's a giant pile of gold bricks. Probably a few mils worth of gold bricks, easily. So, yeah. So, Venom retreats, no money, no, f no anything here. Once again, they are defeated. But yes, the storm grows, and it starts to snow. It snows, and it snows. And yet, somehow, this plan worked. So apparently, the snow caught the virus, and is putting, the, and is putting everything down on the ground. And yes, folks, the viral agent is dissipated by snow. Um, so yeah, so the episode ends, the world has been saved, and all of a sudden, and Bruce starts saying some weird stuff. He, I have no, I don't even remember what Bruce is saying, but he makes some weird things, and Scott's like, oh, oh yeah, um, hey T-Bob, let's go explore the city some more. Because, um, yeah, he... As, uh, you know, Scott realizes he's now in trouble because he disobeyed his father's orders. So, he runs off scared. Bruce says more weird Bruce things, and so the episode ends. Ah, uh, but that was a, a good episode, man. Ah. Uh, it... I mean, it wasn't bad. It was def... It was definitely mask standard. Although it was a little, like, it was a little, eh, by mask standards. Because once again, it's just, okay, here's a scene, here's a scene, here's a scene. Loose connection together, and, um, yeah. But, wow, there's so... See, so, yeah, once again, this is another episode of Mask that... Doesn't really under or overwhelm, it just kind of whelms. It's just there. Uh, but yeah, I think that'll do it for this episode, man. Um, of course, check us out on social media. Check us out on all the major podcast providers. And uh, I will see you next time, guys.